I love to observe patterns. Yeah. So what pattern do I have in my life that I keep repeating that's not serving me? And how can I put in more positive patterns into my life? And certainly meditating every morning, that's a pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, going to the gym a few times a week, that's a pattern. We need to establish those good patterns into our lives. And often we have a pattern that we don't even realize we have, and it's not serving us. Hey there, and welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and business coach for ambitious women who are boldly taking their business to the next level. And I believe that building a successful business isn't about working 24-7 just to merely meet a revenue goal. What it does take is a unique blend of dedication to purpose, courageous action, and frequently sheer will to overcome the odds that lead to meaningful impact and experiencing a life well lived. In each episode, you'll get to know the women and men who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of success and failure that have made them incredible leaders and the magic they gift the world with. As you're listening, and I hope finding value, don't forget to share the Tribe of Leaders podcast with all of your other entrepreneurial friends and to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey Tribe, last week it was podcast takeover week and my dear friend, Leslie Short, took control of the mic and we had so much fun. But one of the things that we talked about was women not really stepping fully into their dream, like kind of just going to implement and execute on some part of it, but not fully stepping into it. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go back one and listen to it. I thought it was just all sorts of great tidbits and takeaways. And this week, we're going to continue the conversation with that with Linda Babalik. Linda is an executive life coach for women, and she helps women do exactly what I was talking about before, which is stepping into playing full out, going after that big dream. And and really living life with zest. She has a book called Zest Your Life, A Taste of Inner Wisdom, which you can get on Amazon. And we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, what it's like to get into that leadership role, whether you're in corporate, whether you're starting a business, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, and how you can create the life that you love and leave a lasting impact. So check it out. Hey, Linda, I am so excited to have you today. And I was checking out your website. And this is the first time I've read this with on anybody's website, but that your aunt used to read tea leaves, and that she was fined as a witch. So first, welcome, and please introduce yourself. But I want to dive into that story, because that's one of the most interesting things I've read all week. Oh, thank you so much. It was just so common in our household. Anyway, I'm Linda Babulik. I'm a very zesty executive life coach working with women who have achieved success and their business goals, but then they find there's a piece inside of them that's missing. There's something that's empty. They're looking for that added connection. They know there's more and that's what they're after in this stage in their life. Awesome. 
So how do you help them get to more or find the more, not even maybe get to, but like identify what it is that the more could be? Well, maybe I can go back to Aunt Josephine's way of doing things. I don't read tea leaves, but certainly that taught me that there's a lot of, I had a lot of curiosity about it. And um, my mother would go to see if I was going to get a good report card. They always had to go to Aunt Josephine to see what the results were before the results came in, which was interesting. And I work with women much in the same way. What are your dreams and desires? My mother wanted me to have a good report card. And so she would go to see what had happened. Now, luckily, most of my report cards were pretty good. So it's the same thing. It's the really getting at the core of what's the desired feeling. What feeling do you want to have when you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, when you're interacting with people? But most of all, what do you want going on inside of you when somebody steals your phone? Yes. How do you react? Do you panic? Do you burst into tears? You start crying, you're screaming, you're yelling, or do you just take a deep breath and then you can handle that? You go, okay, everything has a solution. There's yeah. lots of ways to do this. We lived for a long time without a cell phone and I can do this again. So it's that self-talk and then being able to take the steps. And for me, that means get out of your head and get into your heart. Right, right. Really the end of the world that I've lost my phone. It probably isn't. For about three minutes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it passes. And then you're into your heart and then you figure it out. Just say, I'm safe. I'm good. I wasn't hurt. I'm all good. How am I going to handle this? So it's yeah. really trusting our heart to take us where it needs to go. Much like, you know, for those of us who've had children, when your child isn't well, somehow you knew in your heart. Uh -huh. You know, I called my son yesterday and I just had the feeling, how are you doing? I've been reading this book that you lent me and it was wonderful. And he said, yeah, I'm not listening to the recordings you sent me. I bawled my eyes out when I read that book. So, so it's just, I just knew he needed that connection and wanted to have that little chuckle together. Mm -hmm. You know, because I love that book. So it was really nice. We, we've been sharing books forever. Awesome. And it's having that kind of a heart connection mm -hmm. to what it is that you want to have in your life. Where do you want to go? Who do you want to be with? What kind of experiences do you want? You know, you want to really move and align that. Your head, your heart, and be in total alignment with what I consider one of the most important aspects is your values. Mm. What are your values? So many people can't just name them off. And I do an exercise all the time with my clients about values and it's in my book. And now it's at the back of the book, end of the book. If I had to do it over again, I would put it at the beginning of the book. And on my next book, it's just going to be completely integrated with the right, content right. of the next book all about healing. And when we start to heal ourselves, often we need that to get out of our head and into our heart. We need to heal some pieces. Mm -hmm. And that's what I call awakening your inner medicine, because we all have the capacity to heal ourselves, right? We can look back on something and be hurt by it and bitter, or we can look back on it and go, 
like you just said, lesson learned, that won't happen to me again. Yeah. And, and for me in general, I'm fairly certain I've said this in other podcast episodes too. I'm always looking for the learning experience. Like I really try not to dwell on the negative piece of it because it's, there's no value in the upset or anger or whatever negative emotion that like, I don't want to live through that. So even, and I've talked about this, my phone being stolen, like I switched very quickly from upset and the panic into, all right, how do I get things like the logical piece of what's the next step? How do I start fixing things or getting where I need to be? But even to a place too, where like, I just forgave this guy that took my phone and I feel badly that that's what he has to do to put food on his table and Mm -hmm. and him love and... And and maybe that sounds, I don't know, silly or difficult Not to me, it doesn't. People, but it's the space I want to be in mm-hmm. to live my life because it's that's that's how I want to be, is who I want to be, and how I want to continue to project forward is um from a place of positivity and peace and joy and, and play. Because we've always got to get a little play in there for me. <laughs> <laughs> me too. That's my word of the year. Play. Yeah. Play and fun. And I've been doing a great job at that. But even when we do get angry, if all of a sudden we're gripped with something and you're just out of it's like having an out-of-body experience when I get angry now. Yeah. Because it happens so seldom. I go, okay, what triggered that? And what's yeah. the old memory? And then I keep and I've worked with clients with this too. Is so what's the last memory about that? What's the furthest away memory? that you can remember having that same level, you know, was that when my sister slept with my paper cutouts that I had just gotten for my birthday? So what is the, and then often you can identify it and you look at it from the emotional maturity that you have now. Right. And that makes a huge difference because you're not five anymore. Right. You know, if you want cutouts, go buy yourself some more cutouts at this point in life. But it's really taking a look at the whole thing from the maturity you have now and mm-hmm. handling it from, a, like you say, a center of love, that heart center, so that you're letting go the fear, the guilt, the anger, because none of those serve us and they deplete our immune system. Yeah. So we absolutely. really want to move into that space of love. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious too, if your experience is similar to mine in, because I've work only with women entrepreneurs, a lot of times when we're talking about what they want, they're really hesitant to think big or dream big. And I like to give them a sometimes less than gentle, but nudge (laughs) into expanding their horizons and letting them grow into it too. I mean, it's it's their business, it's their dream, it's their thing, but I'm just curious what your experience is and your thoughts on why we're not playing a bigger game. I don't know the why, but I do know that when we do play the bigger game, everything aligns and the universe does conspire with us. I had a client who was an executive with a large oil company and she came up here from Houston and we sat down and we did a mastermind for a couple of days and I use my maps a lot. And that's what we're doing. We're laying out and the center changes depending on who the client is, but hers, she chose to label it my ideal life. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to sell the big house in Houston and move to another city in another state where she had work colleagues before and really enjoyed it. 
She got to do all of that. In 18 months, she completed everything we put on that line map. And she said, oh, but that would never happen. And that's how we started the discussion. Well, I'd like to retire and move. I said, well, what's your bigger dream? Your bigger dream, your bigger dream. And you're right, that nudging really. And she's like, I can't believe that that could happen. And then it happened. That mm -hmm. and even more, um, she had included her husband on this dreams list on her mind map. And he has just exploded into a magnificent career, really in his sweet spot. And she's able to now work as an entrepreneur independently in her sweet spot too. It's quite magnificent to see someone progress. But if we don't have that big enough dream, yeah. we're never going to have it. No, no. And that's for me so important because I really see women as the catalyst for epic change in the world. And if we don't start expanding what we're capable of and where we're asking for support, then we can't reach it. And I think that's what's happened in the last yeah. couple of years of pandemic. I've certainly seen women step more into their leadership because I firmly believe that if it was women in charge of this, it wouldn't have been such a fiasco. And people oh, may yeah. not agree with that, but you don't wait until your baby's got a temperature of 110 degrees before you call the, the doctor or call the alarm or do something. You go, oh, you're a little bit warm. We should solve that. Because six months before this was announced, they knew that this was coming. They knew this was happening. Oh, yeah. And they didn't take charge of the situation early enough. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's time for women to step into their leadership. And maybe the magic is if you can't have a big enough dream for yourself, have a big enough dream for all of the people you can serve and the impact you can have in their world. Yeah. You know, that's really powerful. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to shift gears, go back to your aunt. <laughs> She was so large. She was a big woman and her husband was skinny as a bean. Yeah. I have to know the backstory. Like, why was she fined for witchcraft? And and like, how long ago was this? Oh, this would have been 60 years ago. The story might have happened even before that, that she was charged with practicing witchcraft without a license. That was the part I thought was interesting. Was, oh, I guess back then you could get a license and run a business out of your home. And maybe that's what she was charged with. So was running a business out of her home because she would take money for reading tea leaves. And she also read regular playing cards. Oh, cool. I didn't even know you could read regular playing cards. Oh, yeah. Huh. I'll do a reading for you. <laughs> oh, please do. Oh, my God. I would love that. <laughs> I like my Akashic. I must admit, I like the Akashic record readings are really, really powerful. Yeah, and yeah. I love doing that. And that's part of my daily healing, aligning myself from my head to my heart to be able to step into a great day is to do my meditation every morning. And the last phase in my meditation is to pull an Oracle card. And then I take that message and it leads me through my day. Oh, cool. I love that. What a beautiful morning routine. It is. And I've been doing it for years. I started it sitting on the beach in Jamaica when I read Vishen Lakiani's book, uh, okay. The Extraordinary Mind. Oh, cool. And it was in there. And that's okay. where I started with it. And I've been following those six. He's just relaunched it as a separate book, The Six Days Meditation, but you can download it free on oh, the yeah. 
online and I've been, I've got journals and journals full. What I love about it is it's a written meditation. Mm-hmm. So you go through each one and you get to stop and think and, and journal it at the same time. I've done the six phase meditation with him on YouTube. Um, I haven't done that in a while, but I, for a while, that was like my go-to guided meditation. And I mean, one, his voice is just like super Zen. So that in and of itself is pretty relaxing, but it's, it's like each phase is so brilliant and what a great way to set yourself up to visualize and then be able to take the action of what you're visualizing. And I love the way he does the gratitude because three things you're grateful for in your life. So I always start with health and the wealth that I have. And then I add on other things after that. And then three things you're grateful for in your business. And you were on my list today. Oh, thank you. you. Because I'm grateful that I'm here with you today. I'm grateful that you're here too. And then three things you're grateful for about yourself. Now that could be a little bit challenging at first and it might get a little repetitive but then every once in a while I get insights as to what I'm grateful for for myself about myself I also like at least on the YouTube videos that I've watched with him um it's sending no it's asking I think it's asking for forgiveness for people that you've wronged and yes there's that's that's the next phase is forgiveness Yeah. And you give them forgiveness and you ask them to forgive you. Yeah. So I think that's just such a powerful place also to experience because there's little things that we do every day that can hurt somebody in a, in a more significant way than, you know, not that we're intending to hurt anybody, but that somebody could take it just way out of context. Um, yeah. And as long as we're uh, not forgiving then we're in a place of anger and right. in a place of contraction rather than expansion. So if we have that forgiveness, then it's a release for ourselves. Yeah. I discovered a long time ago when I try to control things and I'm angry at someone and I'm trying to control them, I've got my foot on your throat. You right. can't move. I'm right. in control, but I can't move either. Right. Because I've got my foot on your throat. So as long as I am trying to control the situation and micromanage it, I'm not free either. Correct. Letting that go and realize that that's what forgiveness is about for me. And when I do the values exercise, when I offer my retreats, the number one value women have, freedom. So if we just focus on that one word for a week, how can we have more freedom in our lives? Freedom to dream big, as you said freedom to make our own decisions. I did. There's a whole freedom wheel that's included in my book, but how do we want to be freedom emotionally to feel what we want to feel and to feel it deeply mm-hmm. or to not, to choose? I'm not going to feel bad about that. I'm not going to feel bad about the fact that it's raining or whatever. And how do you want to feel physically? How do you want to feel mentally? And how do you want to have that freedom spiritually? What freedom do you want spiritually? And then you tie it all together to that freedom in your heart. And the more freedom we have, the more love and generosity we can have that will come out of us. Do you find that women and people in general, but let's we'll keep the frame of women, define freedom differently? Absolutely. And I think that's why it comes out as their number one value. Yeah. You know, how, what do they want? Freedom physically. Well, I can't go to the gym because I have to drive the kids and I have to do this and I have to do that. And then 
mentally, they feel like they're always keeping the to-do list. They don't have the freedom there either. And I don't think it comes up on men's values list at the top five because they already have the freedom. Mm -hmm. There are very few men that don't feel that they have the freedom to do what they want to do. They don't think about it. Yeah. It never occurs to them. They've always had it. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's really significant because I mean, for the last several thousand years, men have been essentially ruling the world. So that, yeah, they have no idea what everybody else is trapped in, <laughs> I'm going to say. Well, and it's something as simple as from the time we're very young, we're taught don't walk through that park. Don't walk through that park at night. Don't take a walk at night by yourself. Don't go to your car by yourself. We're taught very early on. Man doesn't think about that. No. He goes to the shopping center, he shops, he buys. It doesn't matter what time of night it is. If he's carrying parcels, he doesn't think twice about going to his car. doesn't no. feel endangered for the most part. But as women, we're taught that very, very young. Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. Take your earbuds out. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, that kind of resonates with how we really treat boys and girls at a young age very differently. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's changing and shifting. I'm certainly seeing young men stepping more into taking responsibility for parenting. Sometimes it's because they've gone through a divorce and now they're spending time with the kids they never spent any time with before. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing to see the relationships of it evolving more and the men stepping more into co-parenting or taking responsibility for themselves and seeing that, you know, you don't live alone in the world. You're right. not alone in this neighborhood to be making a racket. You know, you right. have, you're living in a community, so have some consideration for others. And I'm certainly seeing men stepping up to be more considerate, to be more understanding of, wow, that's quite a burden. Last yeah. spring, I broke my wrist and my husband had to do all the gardening. Which <laughs> a lot of gardening because I like having lots of pots around my swimming pool and, you know, and I don't just buy the bags of earth. I like the ones that the nurseries use and you mix it with your own water. So it's in the wheelbarrow with the shovel. And he's always helped me to fill the pots. But last year he had to do it all. He had to do it all. And it was amazing because that's a lot of work. And my daughter looked at the front flower bed where he planted the annuals. She said, his line's straighter than yours, mom. <laughs> I said, well, he's an engineer. He better be planting the line straight. Uh, so it's interesting level though. out there. <laughs> right now, I mean, it's like I lay the rake down. And if the rake was straight, when I laid it down to make my mark in the soil, that's it. But he can do it by eye. So I, it's no. a <laughs> here. No broken wrist. But I said, you did such a good job on that front flower bed. That's all yours again this year. And it looks beautiful. And he's loving it. He just, you know, I didn't realize how much you're doing and how much work this is. And now how much he's getting the pleasure out of it too. Because by this time of year, it looks quite stunning. Oh, I'm sure. And what a great experience, both in you, I mean, you broke your wrist, so it's not really asking, but accepting support let's put it that yes. way right and then him being able to, and receiving it and then him being able to come in and have a whole new experience with something that's really grounding and 
I think, fun, but that he enjoyed it is is wonderful. And it brings, I would think, both of you closer together. Yeah, we've had a great time. Oh, I'm so happy. It's so much fun. That's why I had him fix the hoses because at the cottage, they're heavy duty hoses. I said, can you haul the hose for me today? It's hot. <laughs> so we were hauling hose and it's just that connection with nature also makes yeah. a big difference in our life. My sister found some common milkweed seeds mm-hmm. and she grew it in her garden and she has monarchs. And they were <gasps> this big. Oh, baby. When- first arrived they had just hatched and then by the time we left like oh they were the size of my finger so I haven't I don't know if they'd cocooned yet but last year she had them cocoon and they actually came out as butterflies that's so cool it's very very cool and the seed she gave me didn't come up this year so we're going to have to get a fresh batch because we want to do the same thing my husband's a nature photographer so he had a blast taking pictures of the caterpillars the bees all of that kind of stuff so it's it's just good to be outside and enjoying nature and it doesn't matter where we live even if we're in a crowded city there's a lot of animals that live in the city. There's a lot of birds in every city. Yeah, yeah. It's well, nice I, live, I mean, in Philly, and more when I was by the art museum than where I'm at now, I mean, the birds were prolific, but we had these tiny little city bunnies that lived in the park by me and a gajillion squirrels, but they would play. And it was really cool to watch them jumping from branches and the bunnies coming out and playing. And, and even here... We have balconies. I'm up on the 17th floor and the birds like to hop on the balconies and they do these like I refer to as their suicide dives because they jump off the balconies and drop like 30 feet and and then they fly up and they do it again. So they're playing, but it's the first like three weeks that I saw them doing it. I'd catch them out of the corner of my eye and all this thing is like just dropping straight down. (laughs) I'm like, what is that? Yeah. But once I realize that they're like, not only are they doing it, like dropping down and then flying back up, like they're doing it in this circular motion. So they do it over and over again. And there's like 20 of them. Yeah. And that's an interesting lesson in life. When you're watching the patterns that the birds have. Yeah. And when you watch how the hummingbird feeds and it comes to the feeder and then peeks at me, feeds a little and peeks at me. Yeah. Feeds a little. And it's just fascinating to watch how they all have their own patterns of flight. And that's, I love to observe patterns. Yeah. So what pattern do I have in my life that I keep repeating that's not serving me? And how can I put in more positive patterns into my life? And certainly meditating every morning, that's a pattern. You know, going to the gym a few times a week, that's a pattern. We need to establish those good patterns into our lives. And often we have a pattern that we don't even realize we have, and it's not serving us until it causes a catastrophe or it causes us to reevaluate whether or not, you know, carrying my purse on my left side is a good idea uh, with the pocket on the outside, or should I, you know, when I was in Spain, I don't know how many people saw that I had a backpack and they said, wear that on your front. Mm-hmm. They said, do not wear a backpack on your back in Madrid. That's right. not a good idea. And if you're going into that park and it's a beautiful park, don't go in after dark, you know, be aware of your surroundings and just there are gangs in there. So just be really careful. Now we were fine because every time we had a little 
I had a little nudging feeling that I was followed too close. We would just stop and have a little close chat. I wouldn't have been in that park alone, though, I'll tell you. So it's those things, those patterns that we may have about how we carry our purse, right. how we walk into a room. And if you watch, if you have a pattern of walking into a room, a bit shy, a bit not sure, then you may want to change that pattern now that networking is opening more. You're going to want to open your heart, set your intent, walk into the space, set your big dreams, your big intent. You're going to have that room eating out of your hand like a bird eating the yeah. seed. Yeah, absolutely. I used to be, and this was like 15 years ago, but terrified of networking. And it was overwhelming for me too, to walk into a room of like 80 people. But I found like grounding myself and setting the intention of connecting with a certain number of people and doing my superwoman pose, you know, right before I walk <laughs> in, like that shifts all the energy. Yes. And, and then it became fun. Now it's like going to a party for me. Uh, but yeah, initially it was a lot. I love it. I love just making connections, talking to people. I had my own stage show for three years. Oh, so cool. that was real fun. I would have six speakers come and tell a story from the heart. Usually three women and three men. No selling, no exchanging business cards. Like unless you had a conversation first, right. you didn't start by flipping somebody the business card. Yeah. And when they came on stage, there was a hug exchanged. And when they were finished their talk and they handed me back the mic, there was another hug exchange. And when people came into the room, it was phenomenal because you saw, you know, a hundred people all hugging each other, saying hello, greeting each other, even newcomers that had never been before. I would right. always pair them up with somebody that had been a regular. And uh, it was really interesting to see how quickly people can relax when they see other people hugging. Yeah. 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 Because it breaks down all the yeah. walls. Like, this is a safe space. If all these people are hugging each other, I want in. Yeah. Like, I want one of those before I leave tonight. You know? And it's, yeah, it was pretty phenomenal Absolutely. to see the difference it made and the stories that people told. Mm -hmm. Some people told stories on that stage. They never told again. Wow. We laughed, we cried. One night we even blew bubbles. <gasps> oh, I love bubbles. <laughs> I did a talk, I think it was 2019. Uh, and it was... It was like a little mini TED talk. It was four minutes and talked about having my voice silenced as, as a young girl. And I threw glitter on stage. And thank God, it was my friends that were hosting the talk because they were like, we've been cleaning up glitter for three months now. <laughs> and I didn't even throw that much. <laughs> but I love glitter. And it made everything like the seriousness. And I, I like the kind of the contrast too, but it, it made the serious topic a little bit fun and people were able to laugh at the end and, and um, really have a lot to take away too. So I'm sure the bubbles really added value is a long way I could say that. And isn't that the most important part? It's about the audience, not about you. Yeah. About your audience. And just like I hope that your audience is benefiting from our talk today. It's all about what can we say that will make their life different after they listen to this podcast? What are we saying that's going to have them say, I want to share that with yeah. my sister, with my mother, with my brother, with my father? Maybe that's what they're looking for is that glimmer of hope 
And maybe they got a little zest out of this today, which would be marvelous. Right. And then that's what we're here to do. And I think you're right. I think it's the women's role will be to change the world and let's make the world a better place. And we don't do that by gossiping, complaining, whining. You know, that's all negative energy. And we need to all bring our vibration right up to the higher level. And I find that our vibration during this conversation is even changed. It's had ebbs and flows, but it's at a higher level now than when we started, which is really phenomenal. And if we're all vibrating at that higher level, we're like tuning forks. We're all going to tune into each other so that we can have more love, more joy, and more zest in our lives. Absolutely. That's beautiful. I want to circle back into your book really quick. What was the catalyst for, like, what made you want to write the book? I was in a circle, a book club. It was a dream circle, actually. And somebody in the group said, you know, I said something. And she said, you know, if you did a workshop on that, I'd come. I said, now I could do a workshop on that because I'd been doing corporate training for years. So doing workshops and speaking in front of groups and, and doing education modules for yeah. adults, because I'm also trained in doing that, writing programs for adults. Uh, I said, yeah, I could do that. And so I put a series of workshops together, four different workshops on different topics that came up and, um, that turned out to be the start of the book. So that was proving and validating all the materials that are in the book. I know it works because I workshopped it and I saw people change, women change before my very eyes. That's so, so then it became a book. And I don't think we said the title of the book, but it's Zest Your Life, A Taste of Inner Wisdom. And that's right. Yeah. And it's yeah. endorsed by Dr. Joe Vitale of The Secret and Marsha Weeder, the CEO of Dream University. She's been on Oprah about six times. Oh, cool. Very cool. Uh -huh. And Very cool. we also have to mention that you're an international bestseller. I want to give all the kudos where the kudos it deserve. Is. Yes, it did go number one. You're working on another book too. I am. I just started it. It's expanding on some of okay. the sacred practices that are in the book. Now, we didn't mention I went on my first shamanic vision quest in 2003. And I've been studying with gurus and this whole metaphysical thing that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I want to expand on that so that people can have the patterns I talked about when you get up in the morning. Mm -hmm. What can you do to align your day to your heart, to that center of love? And so that's what the book's going to be about. The working title is um, Awaken Your Inner Medicine. It all goes back to that healing and it could be healing yourself. It could be making the miracles of sending healing power out to somebody else. It's I sacred practices it, for everybody. When's it going to be done? Uh, see, that's the thing. <laughs> workshop it. I started writing this book and workshopped it in 2011 and okay. I launched it in 2015. But okay. I know more now than I did then. I know yeah. how to write the book. And I've got the, I think it's 26 chapter headings are already done. Um, so the outline is there and the format is starting to brew up. So there'll be two versions on each practice. So you could do the more in-depth or you could just, you wash your hands in the morning. You could repeat what I've given you, or you could just say, I'm washing all the crap out of my life today. And I am grateful I have water to wash my hands. It could be that simple. Which 
I, that's a really cool way to like let go of stuff. Yeah. I love it. And so when you take your shower in the morning, just um, wash it or take a shower at night when you need to, or take a bath, whatever you like. When that water goes down, you're grateful that you have water and you can, most places, open your mouth. I've been into a lot of places in the world where you don't open your mouth when you take a shower because the water isn't fresh. But you can be grateful for the water that you had. You use nice soap that gives you a great Paris. I love French soap. Just a I have, thing. I have some soap that has, it's rose and it has like dried rose petal on it. And yes. it's so creamy and delicious. It's magic. A good bar of soap is a purely a treat that you can enjoy. And then when the water goes down, you just say, I'll wash away all of the toxins that have influenced me today. That's really powerful. And I mean, that's like, I'm letting it kind of sit and land with me with, I mean, some of the practices I have, but I like that because it's so simple and you've got all the sensories kind of involved in it. Mm-hmm. So it, like you can feel it and stick your tongue out and taste the water if you want. Smell it. I don't recommend tasting the soap, but <laughs> but you can smell it and feel it. And like that's what an amazing way to just start letting go of things that aren't working for you. Instead of making a list of everything we're going to do when we get out of the shower. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, oh, I should take a shorter shower and not enjoy it because, you know, whatever the thing is. Yeah. yeah. So brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh-huh. The more often we infiltrate, and I don't use the word lightly, infiltrate our lives with gratitude, mm-hmm. every opportunity we get to do that, we should do that. Yeah. So we're grateful for the water, the soap, the smell, the conversation, the rain, the bird that just was tweeting, um, whatever it is, just infiltrate our lives with more and more gratitude because whatever you have more gratitude for, you will get more of. Yeah. First of all, where can people get the book? And then I have another question. They can get it on Amazon. Okay. It's available there. And uh, there are resellers, but check that I'm the publisher on it. And then you'll know you're getting the right version of it. And it comes with a number of bonuses. It comes with a meditation. There's a website in the book. There's the meditation. There are exercises in the book. And you can print off a workbook so that you can work through the exercises. So wherever you see a square, that's an exercise. And that prints off as a separate workbook. And then I did this series of book studies. So you have book studies, eight book study videos that will walk you through all of those exercises. Oh, wow. That's a lot. A Mm -hmm. lot, a lot. Everybody should take advantage of that because that's, I mean, then again, it's, you've got all the different kind of learning styles um, wrapped into one thing. So there's mm-hmm. so much you can take away by doing all of those things at, at different times or in different steps. And then my my final question, possibly, is when you went on the shamanic journey, like one, what was that like? But were were you seeking something in particular? What what made you want to do that at that point in your life? I was 54 years old. So I was on a um, chaotic journey which is one of the teachings that I offer is the sacred moon cycles. And you're honest, the abbreviated version is you go on a big chaotic journey at 27 and 54, every 27 years or every three years. So I was on a major chaotic journey. I was going from being the physical adult part where you get your house, your kids, your car, your everything. Now what do I do? Right. Now what do I do? 
I had no idea what I was going to do. And I had a friend of mine. I mean, I was working and everything, but I was very much my target market. There was something missing inside of me. There were still rooms inside my heart that were painted black and full of anger. There were other rooms that were filled with bitterness. There were other rooms that were filled with joy and laughter. So I didn't know what I needed to do. And a friend of mine had introduced me to this and I got on their mailing list. I was getting their mailings. But when you read a brochure, you go, oh, yeah, that looks good. And then you go do it and you come back and you go, oh, now I know what that brochure really means. <laughs> and that's what it was. So I drove down the driveway and it was like, I got to find a plan. I've got to figure this out. And I was studying that particular line of shamanism seriously for six years. Oh, wow. And um, with really fabulous teachers. And we cleaned out the rooms. We painted them white we, or pink or yellow, whatever color we wanted. And it was just really released me from a lot of the past. And that's why I think it's important that we heal ourselves because we can heal seven generations back. Right. We can actually heal our mother, our grandmother, our great-grandmother. <clears throat> And look at what they've gone through. I mean, my grandmother was 100 years old when she died. You know, she was born in, I think, 1867, something like that. Long time. And my mother was born in 1919. So imagine what they went through. You know, grandmother had 21 children that lived. Wow. So, I know. I know. God bless it's, her. <laughs> yeah. And she... So it's really important for us to heal those generations back, but we want to heal the generations forward too. I don't right. want my children and their children to inherit that anger, bitterness, whatever it was that was still there. So I think it's our responsibility to heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. So some of the parts were, it was fun to have that community. It was also hard to wear a lot of tears when you spend three days and nights in a shelter that you built yourself with no food and no water, you have a lot of the time for thinking and you clear yeah. out. It. <laughs> yeah. They don't call it a vision quest for nothing. You do definitely have the visions. I don't know how I do without coffee. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised because my daughter said to me, she's mom, you get a headache if you don't sleep. You get a headache if you don't eat. But when you're so filled with that awakening of your inner medicine, mm -hmm. I was fine. Like I took little sips. I had little sips of water because there's not much place to go to the washroom when you're in there. So you don't. But then there's also tricks. You can piece, take a small piece of rose quartz. Mm -hmm. Some rose quartz. And you, a smaller piece of this is bigger, better, but you just put it under your tongue and it causes your mouth to salivate. So then you're not thirsty. Huh. Interesting. No. Hmm. Maybe use that for my mom. She has a lot of dry mouth. So <laughs> yeah, unless you don't want her to swallow it though. Oh, no, I don't want that, but no. Okay, yeah. but so it's, it's just those things that you learn. And then you set your intent and you're going into that different dimension so you're not hungry. You're not thirsty. Yeah. I mean, like that, I can, having catered, I mean, obviously very different experience, but I would be busy for like 16 to 18 hours and not mm -hmm. eat or drink anything or drink very little. 
and like I was fine. I don't know if I would have measured as dehydrated or whatever, but um, like I was just doing the thing and I loved it. So the Uh chaos and the crazy of dealing with people and figuring out, you know, the things that went wrong because something always went wrong, didn't matter how well we planned. I loved all of it. And it was just, it was so much fun. So, and I always packed a can of ginger ale. Yeah. At the bottom of my pack. And then when I walked out, when we were all done and we were told we we're finished our ceremony that we could start to break down and, and pack up and leave, I cracked that open because there's eight tablespoons of sugar in a can of ginger ale. So <laughs> that was exactly what I needed. I guess now people would probably drink Gatorade, but um, yeah, that's what I did at the time. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Would Would you recommend that like, so anybody take a shamanic journey or is, do you feel like you have to be in a certain place for that or? Well, if you're in a good school and have good teachers, which I had, yeah, um, then it would make a difference because there's a lot of charlatans out there. And I've heard so many people lately say that they want to do ayahuasca and they want to do there's something else. And it's like, that's not the point. That's not why you're doing that. So don't be jumping into that because that's like jumping into the deep end of the pool when you don't know how to swim. So you don't want to do that. You want to have someone that will progress you through the different learnings so that you can actually call in the six directions so that you know what they are, so that you can connect with those spirits and other entities outside of yourself. And when you do that, you can really connect within because that's the point of it all is to really connect with yourself. Right, right. So you're a better person on the outside. Okay. That's really good to know because I too have heard of a lot of people wanting to do ayahuasca and more just for the sake of doing it because they want to have the experience, but that's not really the point. The point is to be no. able to kind of unfold yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't want to smoke a joint just because it's there. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, no, And no. it's not, I think that's the challenge right now is, although marijuana is a recreational drug, ayahuasca is not. It's a right. sacred medicine and should be treated as such. Yeah, absolutely. Just the way tobacco used to be treated as a sacred medicine. Right. Well, and we've managed to really mess that up. <laughs> <laughs> we industrialize that nicely. It's just like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Linda, this has been so, excuse me, Linda, this has been so amazing. And I love everything you've shared with us just because it resonates with me so much. And I think there's so much for um, everybody who's listening to take away and implement in their own lives. So I'm really grateful to have had you on the show today. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Share with everybody where people can connect with you. On my website is lindababulant.com. And right. right there, you're going to find a button that says, let's chat. And if you want to chat, just click that button and book an appointment. We'll have a little talk. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a listener in the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. I do have 
just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders. 